0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another
1: Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I apologize in advance for the state of my voice. I know it sounds like trash. I'm down here in Mexico mainlining tequila shots and sleeping under this air conditioning. I am not protecting my instrument. I need to act like my voice does pay my bills. I'm out here acting a whole damn fool. I know I need to sleep with the air off. It's hot. And I know I need to stop taking tequila shots, but they good. I've been drinking tequila straight. I don't believe in juice anymore because of the calories. So it's just tequila straight. Double shots of tequila with two ice cubes and two limes. I be tipsy at breakfast. It's great. (laughs) but My voice. Oh, my God. It doesn't just sound bad. It feels bad. I'm going to have to switch to lemon in my tequila shots. Something to soothe the throat. (laughs) I'm talking shit. Don't try that at home. I said some crazy things on here in the last couple weeks, and two different people hit me up and was like, The things that you say, you need to be more responsible. Girl, no, I am not your role model. Stop. (laughs) Stop it. Y'all know I say crazy shit. You know, this podcast is rated as explicit. And I was like, is it? I know I curse a lot. I didn't realize I curse that much. Like, let me bring it down to a 10. I knew it was more than PG, but explicit me as I look through today's topics. (laughs) Oh, dear. What is going on in the world? Well, let's start with Mexico. I'm down here for cut the check. We've talked about cut the check. You know, cut the check is right. Cut the check, exactly like the t-shirts. So for the last, uh, how old is her son now? He's 25. I met him when he was seven. So however long that is, 18 years. She's been one of my besties for 18 years. She she is my corporate climber friend. She bottom lines everything with cut the check. Remember we talked about Bezos and he cheated on his wife and sent a bunch of texts to another lady. And those texts were on the cover of, of newspapers. Respected publications were running the text that he sent to his mistress. I was talking to my friend about it. And so she was like, he ain't cut the check. That's why his business is on Front Street. He ain't cut the check. Somebody came to him and said, We have copies of this. We will release them to the public. His answer was supposed to be, How much? How much? His information is out there because he didn't want to cut the check. Yes, it's exploitative. Yes, it's wrong. Yes. We're going to talk about that too. The shit that's right, the shit that's wrong, and the shit that must be done. We're going to get to that, Monique. I like Monique. We're going to talk about ap- approaches to conflict resolution today jeff bezos didn't approach that particular conflict resolution with cutting the check hence why his text messages were all in the front of the goddamn papers cut the check but nicole's answer to everything you're going through a difficult divorce unnecessary cut the check cut the check you can make a lot of problems go away cut the check a lot not all sometimes you just disrespect the fuck out of people and it's not about the money it's about the general principality of the whole thing that's that happens too But a lot of shit can be solved, a lot, a lot, not all, by cutting the check. So that's my friend's bottom line. So much so, when I was married, my ex-husband used to refer to her as Cut the Check. That's how she got the nickname. So we're down here in Mexico for Cut the Check's non-birthday. Her birthday's actually later this month. But we came down here for Memorial Day, me and her, her son, and his girlfriend. Sweet, sweet, sweet girl, beautiful girl. Beautiful son, really good kid. I'm in official auntie mode. I was like, can you call me Auntie Demi? He looked at me like I was straight crazy. (laughs) He's like, oh, now you want to be auntie. Now you want to be auntie. And I can't even be like, well, I'm buying these shots, ain't I? Because it's all inclusive and I ain't paying for shit. Mind you, I just want everybody to know it's 11 o'clock in the morning and I'm completely sober. So if I sound like I'm drunk, it's because I've been drunk for like four days now. And I guess it's just that's my default at this moment. But I'm completely sober. Like all I've had is water, not even caffeine. That's not the point. The point is we went out last night to a really fancy restaurant, Harry's. And I wanted her to have the cotton candy. we needed an excuse, so I was like, "Well, you know your birthday's in like you know two and a half weeks, and she was like, "My birthday's in three weeks, okay, that's not the point. so we're gonna tell them it's your birthday and and you're gonna get like the cotton candy so, so I tell the waiter like, you know it's her birthday, So when it's time for like the birthday celebration, they come out, they give everybody at the table a sparkler they you know they give her like a chocolate cake with the sparkler attached to the cake and I was like, "But but where's the cotton candy?" And he was like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. There's no more cotton candy. We've run out so many birthdays today. I was really sad about it. And I, turned to, and I turned to cut the check. And I was like, unfortunately, they don't have any cotton candy. And she was like, when did you get like this? You're so calm now. You've never been like this. This is new for you. Before, I feel like you really would have had a fit about the cotton candy. And I was like, well, it's not my birthday. And she was like, Nut case, it's not my birthday either. This is the kind of dumb shit we on this whole trip. <laughs> But it's a good trip. It's a little cloudy. We haven't had like a day of like big, big sun. I keep listening to that damn song, Big, Big Energy. And now every time I talk about something, I describe it as big, big. But it's been a good trip. It rained a bunch yesterday and it drove us nuts. Towards the end of the day, it cleared up. And today, it's not big, big sun, but it's not raining. That's got to count for something. So we're supposed to have a spa day today. We might go see some cenotes allegedly they're only 10 minutes away. The kids are like, "You have to see the cenotes, D." I'm like, "You know Auntie can't swim, right?" I don't swim. Took swimming classes a bunch of times as a kid, still can't swim. I keep saying I'm going to do it again as an adult. My manager went and took swimming classes. He learned to swim in like a week. That's one of those things I need to learn how to do. Maybe I'll go learn how to swim in Ghana because my hair is going to be in braids forever forth. Loose hair in Ghana is is not the move, not for my texture. It just looks like a big puffball. It looks like cotton candy all that humidity it's New Orleans humidity and well at least in a crowd. I can't speak for the rest of the country but yeah so what is going on in our world again it's Memorial Day I have not been tied to my phone I followed that Monique D.L. Hughley nonsense because it was unavoidable but it's been non-stop shenanigans just a little bit of stuff that I have seen I'm like you people have lost your minds what's happening there's a really cute football player I had to look up where he plays for because, you know, I don't follow sports. Travis Kelsey, Kels, K-E-L-C-E. He's a white boy, big, wide white boy, He's 6'5", 260 pounds. That's a lot of man, white or otherwise. But he got a real cute black girlfriend. People were saying they broke up over the weekend. They said the black girl, real cute girl, Kayla Nicole. They said Travis and Kayla broke up. Allegedly, this is from Barstool Sports. They got a blue check mark too, saying it's nonsense. They said Travis and Kayla broke up because he kept making her pay half of everything in the five years they were dating. Travis came out. He said, that's crazy. He said, y'all crazy if you don't think I'm looking out for my baby girl. She's independent, but best believe she's straight. That means Travis is cutting the check. Nicole replied under Travis. She said, me, my man and my $50 Zara outfit ain't mad at you, sis. Ain't mad at you. I got on some Fashion Nova right now. Me, my man, and my $50 Zara outfit are on a yacht in Tahoe, sweetie. Y'all concern is beneath me. (laughs) If you don't think I'm going to start telling people y'all concern is beneath me, oh, please believe. You can call me all sorts of diddy bitches. That's fine. Y'all concern is beneath me. Don't come to me with dumb shit. She also followed up in her response to Barstool Sports. She said, not sure where y'all got this nonsense from, but it's absurd and very false. Now, there's women out here who pay half. That's between you and your man. I ain't got no commentary on that. But Kayla Nicole said she ain't one of them. And Travis said that's not how he roll. <laughs> Stupid news. Stupid. I saw something with T.I.'s son. I don't care. And as a child. I don't really like to give commentary on the under 21s that unless it's something positive. Like, it's one thing to talk about adult shenanigans. But children, yeah, it's distasteful. Unless they doing, like, some really crazy shit. Unlike Yara Shahidi... She just graduated from Harvard. I follow her mama. Her mama then posted 50 million pictures. And I was like, yes, I would do the same. I would do the same. She's just as cute as she could be. Congratulations to young Yara. Pretty self. What other good news do we have? We have Mattel has introduced its first transgender Barbie. And the Barbie is designed after Laverne Cox. It's a cute doll. I don't know if it has all Laverne's features. It has her, her cheekbones. And it has her smile. I don't think they got the eyes right, but I'm not offended by it. This is, again, their first transgender doll. I imagine there are people somewhere flipping out about it. I haven't seen it, luckily. It's not on my timeline that I've seen people angry or upset about it. I feel like the trans kids need a doll too. They need to they need to be acknowledged and know it's okay to exist in the world. I feel like this is another way to be inclusive. Let's go to Laverne's page and see what she said about the doll. I'm, I'm typing in transgender Barbie. Just type in Laverne Cox. Oh, yeah, Laverne, because you know Laverne Extra. That's why I like her. Laverne just had a 50th birthday party. 50? Did I read that right? I'm on Laverne's page, and Laverne is saying she's 50. And I'm looking at pictures of her party, and she has she has a half naked man in pink shorts. Sorry, I got distracted. But no, she got 50 all over this party. Laverne is 50? She looks amazing. And not even, like, amazing for 50. Just amazing, full stop, period. But she had a really cute birthday party in New York, and it was a Barbie-themed party. Everybody's in pink. The The cake is pink. The background is pink. And Laverne, because Laverne is extra, we just established that. Or Laverne has been established that. Laverne is stepping out of what looks like Barbie packaging. She has on an all-pink, floofy dress. I've seen that before. Who did that? Tiana Taylor. Tiana Taylor's sweet 16? She's over 30 now. Married with kids. She's 31 or 32. I still remember that girl's birthday party on MTV Sweet 16. Lo and behold. But yeah, Laverne is channeling Tiana and also, you know, having her own damn Barbie. Is she dressed like the Barbie? Laverne is dressed like the damn Barbie at her birthday party. This is hilarious. I like Laverne. She's so extra. I like extra. When I, saw, when I say she's extra, I mean that as a compliment. She tickles me. She's so dramatic. She be dancing in her um, her closet. Doing like full Beyonce, what is it called? Not renditions, choreography. Ma'am, ma'am, down to a 10. Oh, cut the check is returned. Do you want to say hi to the people? Hi, people. We talked about you earlier, about how we're here in Cancun celebrating your (laughs) (laughs) non-birthday. Oh, Jesse, not Jesse, Jesse. I be confusing them and that's not good. Jesse Williams, he got an award. What was the award though? Oh, he announced it on his page. Okay, so Drama League, his play, not necessarily Jesse Williams, his play. Take Me Out has won the Drama League Award for Best Revival on Broadway. This is good. I think it might actually be like a good play. I mean, they've done it multiple times. Has has someone been naked in it multiple times? I don't want to attribute the winning of the play to him, you know, bearing all. I would vote for it as Best Outstanding Revival, just based on that. It was very impressive. I'm just saying. Have you seen it? Last I heard, there was a contingent of 60-plus-year-old women in D.C. headed to New York to see it. I still haven't seen it. I'm planning to go to New York before I depart for Ghana. So maybe I'll get a chance. We'll see. I'm going all the way to Broadway just to see some man's penis. This is what I call entertainment in my life.
0: When you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: So I guess we need to talk about Monique. Monique and D.L. Hughley and some other folks, not just the two of them, were doing a comedy show in Detroit over the weekend. Folks outside of Detroit got wind of this comedy show when Monique got on stage and had a temper tantrum, for lack of a better word. But she was upset that she was supposed to headline the show and Dio Hughley backstage with no cameras rolling apparently because we haven't seen footage of it. Dio Hughley had a tantrum of his own about himself. He was supposed to be the headliner and he said that he was not going on after Monique. He was headlining the show and if he didn't headline then he was not going to participate in the show. Monique decided to go on stage. Monique decided to have Again, a temper tantrum. And I call it such because she didn't get on stage and say, you know, here are the issues that are happening, that are going on. This is why I'm mad. She literally was like running, like angry running across the stage. She was, you know, cursing up a storm, which, you know, it's comedy. It's not the end of life. But she called him a bitch ass nigga. She said something about like his wife should be ashamed to suck his dick, something like that. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Leave his wife out of it. His wife ain't got shit to do with it. Which I've also seen people say that, you know, well, it's comedy. So, you know, it's all it's all fair and comedy. And I was like, eh. remember Chris Rock and Will Smith? Like I was like, no, like comedians are not a protected class. You do not get to get on stage, even in your anger and say whatever the fuck you want about anybody and then expect there to be no reaction. So Monique got on stage and, and she ranted and she was upset. I think she said in black translation, his, his ate has been to my home and ate at my table. We we had a personal relationship and then now you're doing this dumb shit. And I know they had some beef in the past that allegedly they had squashed. Apparently not. Cause when Monique got mad, that's the first thing she brought up. But she was she was pissed. She was just pissed. My understanding of the timeline, I've been following the story. Like the shade room has done play by play updates with with screenshots, contracts over the weekend. So I think I'm I'm pretty up to date on this. So Monique does this temper tantrum and, you know, it being a comedy show, people film it. The rant ends up on The Shade Room. D.O. Hughley responds, you've had beef with everybody. And he makes a list of people and he says, I guess, you know, I'm next on the list. He takes a jab, like the role you played in Precious. I didn't know that was, a, I didn't know that was an autobiography. I didn't know that was the real you. So fast forward, they both end up releasing Emails, contracts, deal memos, performance agreements, each one of them making their case, saying that I was supposed to be the headliner. As it would come out, it seems that the promoter or event production, I don't know if those are one and the same, had promised them both headliner status. So when D.L. Hughley, you know, had his meltdown backstage about I'm the headliner, he wasn't wrong according to the information that, that he was privy to. He was, he's got a contract that says he is the highest paid. He is the last person to perform. And he gets to pick the order of the comedians that are performing. Monique has a contract that says about the same. It says that she is supposed to be the headliner for the show. So when she gets on stage and goes off on D.L. Hughley. She does actually believe that she is contractually supposed to be the headliner. And that D.L. Hughley is doing the fucking most. By trying to usurp her position. And I was trying to figure out how to talk about this because I don't want to be the black chick that is trying to tone police, essentially, or throw respectability politics on another black woman. You're upset about something. You have been wronged and you want to address that wrong. Monique is a black woman of a certain age. She's endured a lot of bullshit, especially a career in entertainment. But I feel like that actually applies across the board. I don't know any women in corporate who don't have a story like that. I don't know any women who are teachers or doctors who don't have a story like that. So women, working women, actually existing women get tried all the time. So I get how something like this could be an additional trigger for her. So I don't want to tone police her and I don't want to respectability politics her. And not but, and in addition to not negating, there's a time and a place to go the fuck off and immediately flip and go the fuck off. There's absolutely a time and a place for that. With Monique, it seems like it's her default for everything and everything doesn't need to be scorched earth, nuke bomb, level 10, four alarm fire, reacting to everything that way. Even the minor shit, even the relatively small shit or in the grand scheme of things, smaller shit, it makes people not take you seriously. So you could be right. You you could be right. You could have the contracts. You could have the, the emails. You could have the, the order of show. You could have all of those things. But because of the way that she handled it, and this isn't on some like, oh, silence black women, don't respect black women's voices. It's just like, what is your end game? When you're upset about something, are you trying to, are you trying to inform people? Are you trying to prove a point? Are you trying to get the issue actually solved? And I don't think her approach gets the issue actually solved. Because like, for me, when people come at me 38 hot, and they're calling me names, and they're talking to me disrespectful. I'm not even thinking about the rightness or the wrong of it. I'm thinking about the disrespect. I'm thinking about the embarrassment. I'm thinking about who the fuck does she think she's talking to. And I'm matching fire with fire. It's not even about like the actual issue anymore. Because now it's become like defending myself. But it's like she comes out like guns blazing. She gets on stage. She brings the public into this. The first thing he said back to her wasn't. I said that because my contract says XYZ. His response was to go for the jugular and be like, you beef with everybody. And then he makes a jab at her acting like her character and Precious. It wasn't like, hey, can we resolve this? Because she didn't come to him with resolution energy. She just came like completely fired up. They had to go through through a few back and forth publicly releasing contracts for anyone to see, including them, that this wasn't a talent on talent issue. Also, I think too, you can take a beat before you go off on people. Like you can go off. I'm not telling people not to go off. I'm not telling people not to flip. There's a time and a place for it. But I think and especially will be helpful in a situation like this. Take a moment to gather your facts and make sure that your information is straight. And sometimes, especially when you're playing it out in public, when you're trying to sway people's opinions of an issue to say, I went to so and so to address them privately. They rebuffed me. They ignored me. They talked crazy to me. They whatever. And this is why I'm bringing it to this forum. Oh, she tried to do it, quote, unquote, the right way. She tried to, you know, you know, handle it like, quote, unquote, an adult. She tried to be reasonable. You could flip out on the back end. It doesn't take anything away from you flipping out if you got your facts and your information straight. Because in this case, like Monique flips out and Monique has anger and and people are like, yes, black women do get upset. They have a, a rightful anger when people are doing them dirty. They do. We do. But now you done curse this man out and the video is everywhere. You done talked about him. You done talked about his wife and his family. Like folks on my page were rightfully so. They were like, how are you going to be like, you know, support me because I'm a black woman. Meanwhile, you get on stage. You were mad at D.L. Hughley. That's a fair shot. Talking about his wife sucking his dick. Why? You're taking a jab at another woman just to get at him. D.L. Hughley got enough fucked up shit that I know about. I don't even pay attention to D.L. Hughley all like that. He's been famous a long time. He's had some public mishaps. There's a running list of things you could take a jab at. The woman he's been married to forever performing an act of sex on him. Ain't that what they supposed to be doing? Like she can't hold her head up in church on Sunday. I suck my husband's dick. That's not news at 11. The marriage bed is undefiled. This is a low blow. Doubly unnecessary because D.O. Hughley wasn't even in the wrong. Would the flip out get you? Now also in fairness, because I think this, this plays into it too. D.O. Hughley, when he realized that Monique was trying to be the headliner... And this was in contrast to what he had in his contract. He didn't have to go nuclear. Monique says he was backstage having a tantrum. He was cussing and fussing in the whole nine yards, threatening to pull out the show. He didn't have to approach with that energy either. He could have been like, hey, so, you know, I'm hearing that, that you, you're talking about being the headliner. And I just want to inform you that in my contract, it says X, Y, Z. He could have had that conversation too. I also think because Monique is, is known, she has a reputation for better or for worse, for being disagreeable, for being loud and crass when she is unhappy, whether she's rightfully unhappy, whether she's rightfully been wrong. But people expect her to go from zero to 10 with no stops in between. So I think when D.L. Hughley comes to her, based on the reputation that she has, he comes with full fire energy because that's what he's expecting from her. So he's trying to cut it off at the head. He's coming with his fire because he expects her to give her fire. When you become known as someone who does that, it starts to snowball, for lack of a better word. becomes a catch-22. Like you're known for being a fired up person. And so people come at you fired up. And so now you're fired up because somebody's coming at you fired up. I also want to say this. I don't understand why their managers and lawyers are not having conversations. Even at where I am in my career, my manager is there for everything. I don't really go very many places without my manager. And the reason is specifically for shit like this. Because if there's conflicts, because if there's back and forth, my ass goes sit in a car and sit in a green room or sit in a hotel while my manager and whoever else, the lawyers, the other managers, the event producers, whatever, while they go hash out whatever. And then I show up in full makeup, full hair and heels and be like, good morning, everyone. Are we ready to work today? I'm so excited to be here. I get to just show up and be chipper and shit. I don't go back and forth. The deal negotiations, all that other stuff, my manager, my lawyer, they take me off those emails. Sometimes stuff comes straight to me. I forward it to them. They go back and forth. They hash out all that ish. I don't even look at it. Send me the final points of the deal memo, where I'm going, how much it's costing, what they provide, and then I sign the contract. I make sure all the checks are cut to me or my company so I can control the money. But otherwise, that whole back and forth, I'm like, why are Monique and DL Hughley dealing with this? Surely his managers were there. Somebody who represents him was there. Somebody who represents her was there. Her husband is her manager. He's always with her. I don't understand why why the team of the people are not going back and forth to hash this out as opposed to the actual talent themselves. Talent should be sitting backstage getting ready to go on. Why, are they, why is talent going back and forth backstage? That makes no sense. So much went left here that didn't have to that resulted in like this crazy blow up that's all over the Internet with Monique again being kind of right, but also kind of wrong because she went after the wrong person and insulted his wife. And there was no need for it. I remember when I did Don't Waste Your Pretty. And I won't tell you all the details because we got them resolved quickly. They sent me the very last edit of the movie before it was going to air. I want to say this was like Friday at noon and the movie was supposed to air on Sunday. And they sent it to me and I watched it and there was an issue. called my manager first and was like, Oh, we have a problem. We got a problem. And she was like, call your lawyer. Lawyer gets on the phone. We have a problem. What's the problem? I laid it out and they were like, oh yeah, that's a problem. I've ranted. I've raved. I cursed. I went the fuck off. They listen. My manager said, I'm going to reach out to high ranking person. Okay. manager reaches out, says, hey, high ranking person. This is what we noticed. We need to get this fixed before this film airs on Sunday high ranking person was like, I see you. I feel you. However, we've already, there's another word for it, but closed the film essentially. So it's all the edits have been made. Everything that's going to be done to the film has already been done. And it's been sent off to network to air on Sunday. Cause again, we're having this conversation on Friday. It's, it's probably just over 48 hours before the film is set to like air everywhere. So she was like, yeah, I feel you. And yeah, we probably could have addressed this earlier, but You know, it's too late for it to happen. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Because you gave this to us at this time and I watched it immediately. It's not my fault. You closed it. This needs to be fixed. And I'm saying this to my manager. My manager goes back to the person again and was like, hey, here's the timeline. We did our due diligence. There's still a problem. This problem needs to be fixed. And she was like, again, unfortunate, not an apology, not in writing unfortunate that it happened, unfortunate that she's upset, but nothing can be done. Manager comes back to me and says this is what she said. She was like she has a point. It's been closed and it's been shipped. There's really not much she could do. I said not much is not nothing. Talk to the lawyer. I said write what you need to write just so we have it. I'm gonna call the head of the network. We went to, she's a friend of friends one. We went to lunch together eons ago when she was courting me for something else. I'm gonna call her and see what she could do. But we're going we're to exhaust all the options. Like they're telling us there's not much that can be done. Something can be done. Let's see what that something can be. I told you I was pissed. I was ranting and raving. I had much big talk and much mouth behind the scenes to my lawyer and my manager. I had the head of network's business phone. I didn't have her personal phone. I had to call a friend she went to college with and was like, hey, I got a situation. Can I get XYZ's cell phone number? So I text her. I took the bass out of my voice in that text. Hey, so-and-so, sorry to hit you on your personal phone, but we have a serious issue with this with this project. Laid out the issue, what it was, and I was like, I need you to address this. I need this thing that it's supposed to be. Please let me know how we can work together to resolve this issue. She hit me back immediately. Hey, Demetria, I see what the situation is. She's like, I just talked to legal. They're going to send me a copy of the contract. Let me take a look at that. And let's see what we can figure out. Thank you. Thank you. She calls me 10 minutes later. She said, I'm looking at the contract now. And she was like, on on XYZ page, XYZ paragraph, XYZ line. It says we have the discretion to do it one way or do it another way. Respectfully. I wrote the book. I did this. I did that. I did this. I did that. I made my case for her. Respectfully. I'm asking you to make the change. I know it's been closed. I know it's inconvenient. I know it costs you money. Respectfully, I'm asking you to make the change. She said, i send an email to XYZ. I'll take care of it. We'll make the change. An hour later, there's a knock on my door. They done sent me those like forever roses that last for two years. Those roses still sitting up on my dresser right now. They really do last for two years. They still smell like roses. They're still beautiful. I'm like, what kind of genetic engineering shit is this? That's not the point. The point is... They did what I asked them to do. They sent me roses afterward. It says, sorry for the confusion, looking forward to a fruitful relationship for many years to come. We went the respectful route with the person that we were, initi- that we were dealing with on a day-to-day basis. She said, no. Had I turned around and gone to the head of the network, guns blazing, talking out my ass, sending her crazy texts, talking about her husband or her family. If I got on my social media and put up some crazy rant about they did wrong by me and they did this and they did that. Do you think she would have made the change? Do you think she would have listened to me about anything else? And no. Do you think she would have worked with me for anything else? No. I did all my ranting and raving to my lawyer and to my manager. That's fair game. That's who you're supposed to rant and rave to. Call your mama. Rant and rave to her. But when you're actually trying to get shit done, who wants to put up with that shit? Yeah, you could be right. You could be absolutely in the right. You could be 110% in the right. Nobody wants to deal with that shit. I'll tell you also this. When I was at Essence, there was a running joke about people who've been on the cover of Essence 50 billion times. One of them is Nia Long. The other one is Mary J. Blige. I think Mary J. Blige at one point, was it 12 covers? 15 covers? I don't know how many times she's been on the cover of Essence. But no one has been on the cover of Essence more than Mary J. Blige. One, one, Mary J. Blige consistently drops hot shit. And for years, she was the headliner for for Essence Music Festival. It was Frankie Beverly and Mays. He went away. And then Mary J. Blige was the headliner after that. So good reason to promote Mary. One of the reasons that Mary was consistently on the cover, one of the reasons that she was the headliner, one of the reasons that Essence was rushing to promote everything that she does, in addition to her consistently having successful projects, she's easy to work with. Everybody that you consistently see on a magazine cover, in a film, red carpet, all this other stuff, they're easy to work with. There might be some some dust-ups, some scuffles here and there. The situation I just described to you, it's run-of-the-mill shit. It was everything to me because it was my first big project. My manager and my lawyer, who've been in this business each for 20-some-odd years, were very unfazed. They listened to me rant and rave because that's all part of the process. And then it was like, okay, so this is how we need to solve it. Let's come up with a strategy. I'm going to reach out to so-and-so. Stand down. No sudden moves. Nobody even had to tell me, Demetria, do not get on fucking Instagram and blast this shit. Stand down. Let us do what we're supposed to do. And then if that doesn't work, we'll, we'll discuss options after that. Mary J. Blige, super easy to work with. Beyonce, super easy to work with. Everyone behind the scenes talks about, one, how she is polite and kind. Also, how she runs her business like a well-oiled machine. Here are the things that we need to make it happen. The list is extensive and it's expensive. But it also makes sure that every time Beyonce is photographed, uh, performing, anything that she does is of high quality. There's a lot that goes into that. I know a bunch of people that work with The Rock in some capacity. They're like, yo, that's the nicest man I've ever met. Like. The way he appears on his Instagram or in public appearances and interviews, they were like, he's got a slick mouth. He's got an amazing sense of humor, but he's just a a big, fun guy that you'd like to hang out with. Everyone who's had a long lasting career. One of the reasons that they have it. Yes, they may be talented to certain degrees. Everybody isn't all that talented. Sometimes it's just they're easy to work with, even when there's conflict, because there's always conflicts. That's part of the business. But they don't go scorched earth at every conflict. You can have a conversation with them to resolve shit. And it's not on some like, oh, I can walk all over you. I can just treat you however. It's like that either they are people or they have people that can actually be reasoned with when there's conflict. And you can work the situation out as opposed to like these big public meltdowns. I can think of maybe two people off the top of my head. That might be considered difficult to work with, but the end product is so damn good that it's like people just deal with it. Queen Latifah's another one. Runs a type ship, is expensive, and shows up professional, rehearsed, and ready to go. There's a reason that she's been working consistently for 30 some odd years. LL Cool J, never heard anything negative about him. Ice T, same. Shows up, ready to work. Cut the check. That's really all he care about. He going to show up knowing his lines, ready to work. He treats it like a nine to five. It's a business. People with 30 years of consistent work. It's not because they're assholes. And it's not because they never have any conflicts. It's because they have good people around them that fight their battles. And they pick and choose what they go public with. I don't want it to ever sound like I'm saying that like, you know, don't air your grievances. But there's a way to do so. There's a way to like maybe not when you're in the heat of anger to address an issue. And obviously, just to be clear, I'm not talking about stuff like, you know, sexual abuse or sexual harassment. I'm not talking about like Harvey Weinstein, Matt Lauer, Bill Cosby type shit. Like scream to the high heavens on the loudest bullhorn and biggest stage you can find. Absolutely. But it comes to like petty shit, though. You can address it at a later time. You can address it privately. You can go on a talk show and be like, yeah, there was this one time in my career that XYZ happened. It's not like you just have to eat it and stuff it and pretend it didn't happen. I like Monique. I think she's a very talented woman. I just want her to work on her conflict resolution skills. I get it. I get the frustration of feeling like you've been done wrong and you're not matching energy with, and you're not matching fire with fire. I get it. But at the end of the day what does it get me? I think about Tabitha. Tabitha and Wendy. And we talked about this at the time it happened. And Tabitha was very much like a social media figure at the time. Like People who are really into social media and YouTube knew who she was. I don't think everybody else knew who Tabitha was yet. She was well known. I don't want to take any of the way, I don't want to take anything away from her. She was well known, but that Wendy situation put her in a different stratosphere, popularity-wise and respect-wise. But like Wendy just goes after this woman on social media who Tabitha is most unproblematic person I've ever seen on social media. Like the woman's just genuinely nice. It's not an act. Like I went to her house like ready to be like, is this an act? And she was like, I've been through so much. I ain't got time to be fired up about a whole bunch of stuff that don't really matter. But Wendy says what she said about Tabitha, which is really kind of mean. I mean, not for Wendy. It was running the mill for Wendy. But for anybody else, it would have been mean. And Tabitha responded to her with so much grace. So much grace. And her responding with grace is what went viral. And her responding with grace is what had my mom call me and be like, who this country lady with the afro that's praying for Wendy Williams? But she'd never heard of Tabitha. she knew nothing about Tabitha before that, But because of the way she responded to Wendy and the way that her gracious response went viral, that's how my mama and them was like, "Oh, Tabitha, okay." That opened her up to a whole different audience and a whole different payday. I'm not saying grace has to be the way that people respond. It's not the way I always respond. There are stories that people can tell you about me flipping full the fuck out via email, in person, on the phone, there are stories. And there are times to do it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying when you do it, try to be right. And make sure it's worth it. Because now Monique done flipped on this man. She and the public have figured out that, you know, this was an event producer problem, not a D.L. Hughley problem. There's been no apology to D.L. Hughley that I'm aware of. I'm taping this at noon on Tuesday from Mexico. I've not seen an apology. Alright, that's the episode for today. I am i was gonna lie and say i was just going to the beach i'm actually i'm um, probably gonna go to the bar and get more tequila because my voice feels better my throat feels like less scratchy it's still scratchy you can still hear it but i don't have to record again until thursday so hopefully my voice will be better by then all right we will speak later this week i hope you had a great memorial day weekend i hope it's sunny and warm wherever you are it's not like it's still overcast here it's not raining though thank god Also, if you have not picked up merch from Ratchet and Respectable or Don't Waste Your Pretty, it is available on my site, DemetriaLLucas.com. I think the Don't Waste Your Pretty mugs are $12. Most of the sweatshirts are between $30 and $40, which are down from, like, I don't know, $55 to $65. Uh, So pick up a sweatshirt pick up a cut the check t-shirt or interested men act interested because I am moving to Ghana and everything in my warehouse must go. So pick up merch if you hadn't had a chance to yet. And otherwise, we'll talk next week. Okay, bye.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie.